president or something. Uh, uh, that's a good intro. Welcome to Snowden. Hey. <laughs> you think you want to be... Pr- I don't even get the... Anyway, welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed. <laughs> I'm Jay. Uh, well, see, here's the thing. Uh, Just hit record in the middle of my joke. Well, it works the okay. best because it literally started with, so you want to be president or something? Well, do ya? Do what, ya? What joke is that? Um, It was really poor taste, and I don't even know if I want to say it oh, on the okay. podcast now. But, okay. yeah, I don't. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. Anyway, do you want to be president? Would you like to be president one day, Jed? No, hell no. I've always said no too, like yeah. hard pass. I have Real always said pass. though, I've always said that I want to be czar of America. <laughs> <laughs> I have always said that since I was a little boy. Really? Yep. That's I'm so going to bring Did you back watch Anastasia a lot or something. How'd you even know about czars? Uh, how weird. I don't know. I got into it. I don't know. It was my tag for a while too. Oh really? And everyone was like, "Kazar." <laughs> Oh, you spelled it with a C? Well, yeah, I spelled it correctly. There's more than one correct uh, spelling of czar. C. Oh, T. Is... Yeah, yeah, that's true. C. That's true. Okay. Yeah, all, right, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Well, good. Thanks, Very good. Man. But I would say for a tag, C would be more aesthetically yeah, pleasing. Like, I had that the, would be easier. I had the C, flow. and I turned it into, like, a dollar sign C. It was pretty dope. It's a good tag. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll show it to you. I'll, isn't the dollar sign C? Doesn't that symbol mean something different than like a dollar sign? Yeah, it's like a isn't it, isn't it like a, a different currency, like a lira or something. I think it means um like uh never mind. <laughs> what is my, where my brain is going? Like because you you got snow on the brain, dude. I must. So okay, I got like Charleston, South Carolina. Like no shit. I'm waiting for the news to report it, but. I swear to you, my neighborhood got a f- solid foot of snow. That's, we got, but yeah, Baton Rouge got about like eight, so. Did you really? I didn't know it was that much. I, you know, I I don't know precisely, I'm just saying that, but it was at least, but it was, it was at least six, yeah. So, yeah, that's it was a lot. lot. For the South, that's a ton Especially for Louisiana, like even more so. I So I lived in Charleston my whole life. I've never seen this much snow here ever. Yeah, they ever, look ever. like a, a proper, like real world snow. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Oh, uh, everyone, congregation, I got, I'm going to make a post, but the t shirts came in. So, hey. All sizes are in. So, we should have stickers pretty soon after everybody's not snowed in anymore, yeah. too. Did you ever get Christopher Steepleton's address? Did he ever send I it to you? I haven't. Christopher, Christopher Steepleton, Chris. if you want a free damn shirt, send me your address. Hit me up, please. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Hit me up. Um. Oh, yeah. So I think uh, I, I was just spending my time before this. I think I'm going to like, oh, God, I don't want to like quit vaping or like switch to no nicotine because here's why. Oh, uh, shit. So I've been getting like this. Listen, listen. But before we start this it's conversation, cool. interrupts you. You no either better do it now, either either do it like right this second, or wait until after you come to town. Because I don't want cranky Jed. That's true. Rolling through town, being all cranky pants. Okay? I know. Well, here's all right. I, it's such a mental thing. Here's what's been going on though: is I've been getting this like really bad. Uh, it feels like car sickness. Like I get this nausea, uh, like every on not every really? afternoon, but pretty frequently. <laughs> 
And I've been like, is it, is it, is it like caffeine I'm drinking? Is it I'm not eating enough? And then it kind of hit uh, me. I was like, well, I wonder, because I'm on well, I've been on Wellbutrin yeah. for like two years. And that's uh, its other one. It's called Zyban. They, they prescribe it to quit smoking because it uh, blocks nicotine receptors. So okay. after doing some reading, apparently it'll just, instead of, it'll go to the brain, the nicotine goes to the brain, and where it would normally bind uh, the bupropion. Bupropion. This is a little chemistry lesson for y'all. Is already there, okay. binded to the receptors, so the nicotine then goes into the bloodstream, down to the liver, gets filtered out, and you pee it out. And by then, it's useless. So I'm thinking I'm just stacking my body full of nicotine because I'm feeling like it's not working, and like maybe I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> this is my logic, and maybe I'm just like, uh, like OD overdosing on nicotine. Those made for some of the best trips of my life. What? Like, I don't feel it. Do you feel it? Hey, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, take another one. Yeah. Let's take some more. Let's take some more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm one because, like, you know, it, when you take too much nicotine, it does not feel good. No. It feels awful. At all. So no. I'm wondering if I, that's it. I, uh, I actually, it, dude, I quit smoking this time and it was, I haven't had a cigarette in like two months, but it was so hard. I've been able to quit like relatively easily before, but like I felt like I was quitting for a solid month and a Did half. Did you like, like start back again? Like like you like on the rig? For the lap but before that like 9 months or so. I was smoking. Really? Damn, yeah, your yeah. life must have been rough at the time. Dude, okay. So <laughs> and it was. Yeah, I know. My I know. Re- I didn't realize you started smoking <laughs> again, though, dude. That's serious. You yeah, didn't no, tell I the congregation. Smoking. You didn't tell I'm anyone. Sorry. You've been lying to all of us. Not here. I am thinking I'm the only like sinner suffering from <laughs> nicotine addiction, and you're over there just just puffing away with indifference. I was, dude. On I your was. my fuck, dude. I yeah. Yep. Dude, I'm really. When I think about quitting, though, like I, I, a, a real panic is there. This is like the last bastion. Like I've never, it's that's that's the reason I want to quit. But it's it's really scary to me the idea of not having that anymore. Uh, so we just went keto in my house. Oh my right? god, a keto vegan! Gym. Nobody cares. <laughs> oh, here, fucking hear me out. You're such a fucking. <sighs> So okay, my point is, my wife tried to quit smoking at the same time. Oh no! And oh no! Had like almost a mental breakdown. Like it was not no bueno. Oh no! Is she still smoking? She started smoking. Yeah. Nice. She was like, "I'm not." I was like, "I, yeah, I don't can't blame me. You did, did it as long as you did." Yeah. So she bad. started. Smoking. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah, the yeah. thing too is like. Man, I don't know. Well, that I will all. There will always be an excuse. But now, like, I don't want to snap it at work. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. same with like. I think um, I'm gonna take a week off though. But I think uh, in my next um, psychiatrist appointment, I'm gonna try to get off of one of my meds, and I'm just gonna take a week off and just fucking see how it goes. See how it goes. Anyway, that's the check-in with, De- with with Jed's uh, biology, if you were wondering. I know. Oh. Body uh, chem. 
speaking of biology, let's just bring this lighthearted. So, uh, I showed this to you, but I got the the greatest text message of my life uh, out of the blue from everyone's favorite Dirty Mike, Dirty Michael. Uh, so this is literally, uh, you people have no more context than I do with what I'm about to say. So just like, like you're just like, do-do-do. That's funny. Okay. Imagine that was him. That was him. The blue water in this porta can is frozen. How you think my ass and my boys feel hanging over it? Meanwhile, comma, I'm paying for eating that hot sauce last night. So, <laughs> so the 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 context is in Louisiana. It was uh, it froze. It was like twenty something degrees. Uh, it's been real cold, dude. It was it uh, the day he texted that. It was literally it was like. It, it, even in the sunlight, it didn't break 27 degrees. So I guess Oof. he was in a porta potty, and the oh. porta potty water was frozen solid. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that that brought a chuckle to my day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I said if there, never mind. What inappropriate? Inappropriate. Inappropriate. Inappropes. Inappropes. Uh, dang, we've already been going. Well, let's. I got some stuff. Uh, I got a uh, really good today. I learned. Um. Today I learn, but let's get we to the just interview like first. Blatantly, yeah, go ahead. With uh, John Fuller from it's Are You Real? Are you real? Are you? Are oh, you real? Are you though? I don't know. Are you though? Are you really, really real? Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Coming live from his closet, we have John Fuller. Yeah, woo, drum roll. How's it going, man? I'm good, dude. Doing awesome. You, hey, you know what I didn't even tell you, and your listeners should know this, so I've been preparing for this show for 12 hours, and the reason I've been preparing for 12 hours is because when our mutual friend sent me an email, I did not pay attention to it, it said 7.30 p.m., <laughs> so I was in my closet at 7.15 this morning, ready to roll. Oh, and, man. Uh, by 7.45, I was like, well, crap, man. We just ain't doing it. I'm going to work. And, uh, and then Jameson basically sent me an email and said, hey, uh, it's PM. And I was oh, like, oh, that's funny. Oh, awesome. That's so awesome. I I paying attention. I did that. I did that when I was uh the only or one of the two overseas people I was talking to is a guy from Germany and like I I messed that up like three different times because it's it's such a wonky tra- time transition. So I, I feel your pain there. Awesome. Uh, so I'm I'm over prepared. Good, very good. Yeah, the next uh, the the expect the bar is high. The That's right. High. I, I have no idea what we're gonna talk about, but I'm somehow prepared for this. Yeah. <laughs> 
So what do you do for work? What's your when you say go to work? Okay, I own a uh, construction company, so I build and remodel. Uh, I do a lot, a lot of remodels. We probably do like uh, one or two bathrooms or kitchens a week, and then I build custom homes, um, kind of as side investments or projects. Um, so I do that. So it keeps me busier than I want to be right now. I say that, dude, but I've been broke before and been whining to God about having money. So I'd rather be busy and complaining than be broke and complaining. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I remember, yeah. uh, the, I always remember my sponsor told me this thing like him and, uh, um, him and his wife were like having like a long night arguing about, uh, they were they own their own company and they were like uh doing payroll on their employees and they were like complaining and he just stopped and he was he was like wait a minute you realize we prayed for this and they were like <laughs> like you get what you asked for absolutely sometimes. you better be prepared to receive it are, are you near Houston I saw you're from Texas I am so I uh, so am, like you're doing no, no. some rep- yeah I'm in the north uh west corner of Texas I'm top of the Panhandle oh, okay. Man, my Texas geography is bad. So where's that? Are, oh, Houston would be southeast about ten hours. Okay, so not close at all. No, yeah, we're way, way. So Houston is hot and humid, and we're hot, dry, and it's so flat that your dog can run away for two days, and you can still see your dog running away the <laughs> next day when you wake up. That yeah. Every time I went to Oklahoma, that was the joke they told. Yeah, so that's, that's a good exactly- one. I'm right by Oklahoma. So, um, yeah, uh, before I talked to Jameson about having you on, like I was saying earlier, and uh, so I was like, okay, I've, uh, I think I'd heard of Are You Real, and then I saw you were on an episode of Pastor With No Answers, and I listened to that, and I was like, oh, well, now I... And it was funny, I forgot that like you were the John Fuller I had agreed to interview, so I, I wrote you down, I was like, All right, I need to get this guy on. And then I was like, oh... Well, he's already scheduled, so that's convenient. Uh, yeah, because you, um, I guess, tell a little bit of your story. But yeah, what what piqued my ears um, was used to uh, mess around with the drugs, the drugs yep. and, and the alcohols. So you want me to go into that? Yeah, or, or just wherever you want to start, really. But uh, yeah, what brought you to like doing a podcast? So what do you want to get into the, the like kind of little bit of my drug abuse or going into the podcast? Cause we're going to hit two totally different spectrums there. Let's do drug abuse. Okay. So, um, still remember first time, uh, my parents were, you know, they did drugs on the weekends. Um, uh, love my parents. They're great people, but they grew up with, um, my mom's dad was a heroin addict Uh, so yeah, so my parents grew up that way, um, doing drugs and then, um, so it was kind of something that was, I don't want to say it was accepted in our house. Like you could basically smoke weed or get drunk. Um, those were things that like were kind of common in our house, I guess. Um, and my parents knew I did and were they, I'm sorry, were they doing hard stuff? Uh, my dad was what I call, uh, he was a white collar drug addict. So he was in the construction industry as well. And a lot of those guys do Coke or meth and, um, to work long hours. And, um, so 
you know, but that was kind of hidden. That was more secretive, but I knew. And then I remember still being going to baseball practice one day and I was really upset. And I remember just being in tears, man. And I was, I found my dad's uh, snort straw and I was like, oh. dad, heck dude. And uh, he denied it. And, and I knew what was going on. And, and really at that point, my mom, um, and, and I'm fast tracking a lot of my story. People can go on and listen to me on other shows, but, um, my brother died when I was nine, he was three and my parents already had issues with drugs. And that just basically was like a catapult launch. Oh, I'm sure. It, yeah, to a downward spiral. So, like a sickness or something, if if I can ask. Oh no, it's fine. He drowned in a pool, so it was a sudden oh, run. Up. It was like a summer vacation type deal, and he drowned in my grandma's pool, and uh, that just really, if you can imagine, just I... changed the whole landscape of our life from there. Yeah, and uh, so that being said, my mom went hardcore alcoholic uh, at that point and has never recovered. And, uh, my dad is, um, he, he's still, you know, does his thing. I mean, I don't think he, I don't think he does hard drugs anymore, but he'll, he's, he really doesn't, I guess. And, Are y'all, um, y'all close still? Uh, my mom is in and out of, to this day, she was, uh, she's in and out of prison quite a bit. Um, and she was homeless for like the last three years, uh, because of heroin. Um, so I only hear from her when her phone works actually. That, Which really sucks. Yeah, that it was things like that that, because I, I always assumed, um, and it was the plan to die early. Like that was that was just what I thought. I would that that was what was gonna happen. But I, you know, now I, you know, when I got sober, I was twenty seven. But even then, all you know, my using buddies were dead or doing twenty five year sentences. So I, it dawned on me one day that like. I was most likely going to be the lifelong eventual person that's talking to themselves on the street, like doomed to this life for a long time that, that I wasn't probably going to die. Yeah. So that, those are the things that are good for me to hear. Um, you know, I'm definitely sad for you and for her, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's the reality of it. Yeah. So, then so basically i started experimenting with drugs in eighth grade and then uh it was kind of and i believe god just delivered me from it. it's kind of a funny story but i remember um i was smoking weed at some point and um most people smoke to get to get calm right it gave me the worst freaking case of anxiety i've ever had in my life and i thought it was a coincidence and then did it a couple more times. And after that, I realized it was causing, giving me an anxiety. So I never, I never smoked again. And, um, and then drank, just started drinking and, uh, doing, uh, meth. And at that point, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Young Life. Uh, yes, that's yeah, sure I, have. I, yeah, dude, I love Young Life, man. I yeah. mean, for me, it's a lifesaver, dude. So I had a, uh, an older, uh, leader, or whatever. And, and, um, anyways, but, I loved going, but at one point I got kicked out of, um, that was like the first kid ever to get kicked out of church camp, uh, the deal for having drugs. I got flown home and, uh, that was my freshman year and I got grounded for a year. And at that point, my mom had just gotten out of prison and, uh, she got saved when she was in prison and we all started going to church together. And, um, what was cool is I got filled with the Holy spirit 
and didn't even like understand what that was or know what that was it, during the vineyard movement. Do you remember that? Like back in the nineties? Uh, yeah, I'm familiar. Okay. So it was like this whole movement that was going, it was really cool. And uh, I just remember being in church, like, dude, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand any of this stuff. People are talking weird. Um, like people are getting slain in the spirit or passing out or whatever. And this is like really weird, but I feel really good. I love what's going on and I can feel changed and I'm digging it, dude. So it, it didn't freak you out? Well, no, because you know why it didn't freak me out is because I felt different. Like it wasn't okay. like you can walk into a room and like, it's not just like people are weird, but it's like creepy. Like you feel weird because the vibe that they're putting off is creepy, right? Sure. Dude, like I felt so much love, so much acceptance, and I could see it was genuine that like, like I was like, I don't understand it, but I want it. And you don't have to necessarily, I don't have to understand it, but I like it. Yeah. And, uh, so I just went all in dude. So it was kind of funny though. I would like, uh, so I'd party all through high school, like Monday through Saturday. And then I'd go to church and cry on the altar on Sunday. That was me. Yeah. But, but the thing was, though, is I like, it was legitimately like, I felt guilt because it wasn't like, Oh yeah. It was some sermon that was convicting me. Like, I felt like I was like, God, I, I legitimately love you, but I can't, I don't know how to get out of this routine of I'm partying. I had the, I know why. I mean, I could walk myself through it now, but at 18, 16, 17, 18 years old. Yeah. You, don't, you I, can't understand. Yeah. I can't understand it. And, uh, so anyways, um, forwarding, um, and, and obviously we're way on a fast track, but, no, that's um, fine. I go to college and I got a football scholarship, played ball for two years. And then, uh, I lost my scholarship for, um, I quit doing all drugs pretty much. I drank a little bit, but I, I, I for the most part quit. And then, uh, but I got into steroids because I'm not a very big guy. I'm only five foot six and to play college ball. I mean, I had to be big. So I was really strong, really big. They didn't test back then. Oh yeah. They tested. So me and like 18 guys got busted. Um, uh, uh, and or not 18 it was maybe it was nine anyway it was a bunch it was a yeah, bunch that's, of, that's was a, a d-line big deal and um so um i i was got my scholarship back but at that point i was going to school for business and accounting i had met my wife and i dropped out to buy a business and at that time it was really weird i literally we got married that's the day i i call my salvation day because that was the first time in my entire life I'd been obedient to what God was telling us. And, um, I literally just stepped out in faith. I dropped out of school, bought a business, got married and did my last bodybuilding show all within like one week. It was crazy. So So. what do you mean when you say like, what was God telling you to do? Okay. So yeah, great question. (laughs) Um, literally my wife and I were living together at the time. She was my girlfriend and God spoke to me and said, you either need to marry her or you need to separate. And I'm like, well, that marriage is not even on my radar. I'm not getting married. I'm not even interested in getting married, but I love her, but I don't want to get married. And then God spoke to her the exact, we had just started going to church together. So one of us, and I, we still, I don't remember who talked to who, but came to each other and was like, Hey, we need to talk. And, uh, I said, you know, this is what God's telling me that we need to get married or separate. And she's like, wow, are you serious? That's exactly what God told me. And we were like looking at each other kind of like, okay, now what? I mean, what do you do with that? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so anyways, we eloped. 
didn't tell our family, uh, got married, and then basically told everybody, like, hey, got married, we're 20 years old, she was 19, and um, we have no idea what we're doing, and dude, you talk about a backpack or luggage full of crap and issues to deal with, dude, I mean, we both came from <laughs> broken parents, broken families, I mean, our testimony, the fact that we've been married almost 20 years is just like Oof. a miracle itself. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's I just made a we just made a year. Yeah, and 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 my wife her sobriety date's like three days before mine, and we went out there together and went to rehab together. So we've got kind of the same same deal. So it's pretty cool. That's good to hear. Twenty years. That's awesome. Yeah. So we joke around. The first ten years was hell, and uh, (laughs) it was the opposite of most people's honeymoons. And then these last like five years have been amazing. But uh, it took a lot of work. Uh, it's work dude and just like anything else um so man it's almost like i really missed so you kind of you got that i'll call it your white light experience and you've just been riding that essentially or like that's been the foundation and like but you haven't really looked back or have them was there a time when you're like okay you know what's do i need to reevaluate here because it like I can remember times in my life, mainly back in high school and yeah, really it was around high school in that early time. And I guess it was almost like at that point in my life, I just was the, the drug addiction was so strong at that time. It it was, I was either going to stop that and turn to God or do enough drugs to blot out god and 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 all sorts every calling available and every line available and man it's almost been like trying to claw back to the innocence age because i'm you know recently well and you've talked to like um pastor with no answers and like bad christian and there's this huge atmosphere of of deconstruction quote and reevaluating like what is christianity and all this and it just seems like the the clear cut days are just gone in like the days of innocence. So I don't know, like how have you, like so, what does your faith look like? So at 20 years old, you know, I told you I got spirit filled when I was like 16, 15, 16. And I had that same struggle that, you know, you're describing and I listened to, you know, your friends and, and have they described, but the difference is that at 20 years old, I dove all in. So I basically said to God, I don't totally understand you. I don't even understand what all this is like, but I'm all in. So whatever you tell me to do, like, and I'm an all or nothing type person. So I'm like, like, we're either going to party hard or we're not, or either we're going to just go after God or we're not. So I said, dude, I'm down. So I went after God and I read my word. Um, I went to a real charismatic type church and, and I've been to, I've been to all different types of churches as far as like Baptist, Catholic, uh, uh, all different denominations. And, but at the time we were in a very charismatic church and I got to experience God for some people that's, you know, creepy or whatever. And, um, but it was real. And I told God, you know, if you're real, then change my life. Like if you are who you, and I have no problem saying that because that's my relationship with God. Like I'm, if you are who you say you are, and you can do this stuff in the Old Testament, and you can have the power of Acts in the New Testament, 
then I need you to show up in my life like that because my life sucks and I need you. And, um, and I need a father and I've never really had a mother and, and a, and a father, a spiritual father. And he did. And, but that took sacrifice and that took times of when life sucked and people screwed me or somebody hurt me in the church or things happened that I had to dig deep and say, um, and when the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and say, okay, you need to forgive this person. Because what happens is, is naturally in our flesh, I don't want to forgive. I want to say, dude, you're a freaking a-hole and I'm really frustrated right now. Um, and I want to tell you, and then God's speaking to me and says, no, you need to love that person. Or, um, for instance, we can go into the alcohol or addiction and say, dude, I'm so frustrated. I'd rather just go have a beer and get drunk and not deal with this. And God's saying, no, you're going to sit down and you need to dig deep. Why do you feel this way? Why are your emotions this way? And then I had to get in touch with my, my internal drive and say, okay, I'm going to deal with these emotions. And, and those are decisions that I made. And because of that, it's allowed me to walk to have a walk with God, to see miracles and stuff that happen in people's lives that, um, that I don't think most people get to have that they could have if they wanted, but it takes sacrifice and it's hard. The, so what, like, see, I, I love, I do, I'm still a uh, very much, I guess because of my, of my upbringing and just my personal spiritual experiences, like, I am a very much believer in that type of, uh, I don't want to call it like that type of Christianity, but I, I think you know what I'm saying. Um, but like, do, do even you, like, what do you do? Cause lately my, my thing has been it, like not feeling God, like going through the times when I'm riding on faith and yeah. either, either God is, speaking to me and I'm not hearing it right or then I get stuck I'm I, I very much am stuck in or was stuck in legalism and guilt and if I'm not experiencing God in some sort of visceral way then there's something that I've put in front of him that I need to get out of the way and what is that and that's kind of like the struggle like am I not praying in the right way am I not doing this and am I not doing that uh do you even have the times where like, are there times of doubt and struggle? And if, if so, like, how do you get through those? Yeah. So you just hit on two really good things, dude. Okay. So yes, to answer your question, have I in the past, I really struggled with it. So, um, and I love you brought up legalism. So the issue is, um, so let's say that, um, so in legalism, when when you're in that, so you constantly feel like you got it's like this repent. Uh, I suck. I'm a worm. I've done all these things. And then you feel good and then you go do them again. And it's this constant cycle, right? Sure. sure. OK, but the problem with that is, is if Christ died for my sins and I've been redeemed, then this is going to be a hard one for some people to swallow. Then why do I have to constantly repent for my for everything? Now, don't get me wrong. There's times where I do stuff and I'm like, God, I'm sorry I did that. But I don't walk around in this constant, um, this dwelling of like, I'm just, I suck. Because here's the issue with that. If Christ is in me and I'm a new creation, God is in me. Like the Old Testament, God dwelled in the temple, right? Right. The New Testament, he dwells in me. Like I am the temple. He's in me. So 
and not just that he created me dude i'm a pretty freaking awesome deal and so are you right yeah i mean you're awesome like think 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 about how god made you your intricacies and and your thoughts and and the and the gifts he gave you all those things those are all expressions of god in you that makes you amazing right so i don't walk around anymore like there's there's times where um like for the most part i don't really cuss okay but there's days where i'm just i mean i had a conversation with my dad the other day i blew up dude because there was it was just stupid and dude i dropped words that i don't even want to typically say and honestly i didn't feel bad at the time and i don't even feel bad for what i said but my witness to my dad was like a little tainted at that. I mean, I'm I sure it was a little like what? So I honestly was like, Lord, man, I'm sorry. Like, but I'm not, I don't feel this overwhelming guilt because he knew I was going to do it. He knew it was in my heart already. Um, Whew, I still I, cuss like a sailor. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's who you are. That's where you're right. at your walk right now. That's not, and some people want to say, well, you know, if, if legalism would say, well, if you were saved, you wouldn't do that. Well, bull crap, because yeah. we're all in a freaking process and we all got issues. Maybe yours isn't cussing, but maybe somebody else is porn or alcohol or whatever, right? That, that's funny. I, I guess I will say the, the only crippling guilt is probably when I relapse on porn, I would say. That's the only... Like the other ones, it's like you said, it's like, it's a pretty quick, like, okay, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. Kind of like a man, like, why did you do that? But with porn specifically, for some reason, that one will, that's like a day ruiner of like, why, you know, why can't, like, what, what is that? Like, come on. So that, that's the, and I hear what you're saying and, and I definitely have heard it's just hard to internalize because especially i've heard you know um guilt definitely doesn't come from god that's from the other side but i guess what screws screwed me up a couple times is like i'll read the freedom that paul talks about and then read hebrews all these warnings about backsliding and works and stuff and it's i have trouble a i if you can't tell i overthink just about everything and right. then B, uh, I have a hard time reconciling the tension of like, I'm a new creation. I, I should not want to sin, but I'm still human. And I absolutely am going to sin and like where to live in that. So, okay. You can hit on so many, so many things there. So yeah. So when you, when you, when we look at porn, the, the issue with that is, is we're sinning against our body. And ultimately, we're really sinning against our spouse um, mm. because um, your body is now hers. So part of that guilt that we're feeling is, is like, I'm, I'm basically, I'm cheating on my spouse. You know, I've struggled with that too in the past. And there was times with, you know, um, dealing with that. And I remember my wife at one point saying that's never been a struggle for her. I mean, she's really, she's just so rock solid. But I remember my wife saying, she's like, how would you like it if I was sitting there just staring at some dude's dick? And I'm, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, ouch, dude. Yeah, I would not enjoy that. <laughs> what do you say to that? And um, and that's the thing is, it was truth, and I needed to hear that. And but the thing is, is that type of 
guilt is good. Now it's not condemnation. That's just enough to say, Hey, I need to walk, you know, I'm, this is not who God's called me to be. He's called me to be pure and I need to be pure and I need to walk through it. I got to plug in my computer real quick. Hold on. Yeah, sure. All right. So, I mean, that being said, yeah, I'm with you, but that's just a matter of walking through that, having accountability and just saying, you know what? Um, and, and this is the other thing too, is having goals. Like when you, when you find purpose in your life and you discover, I just wrote a book on it, and, but when you discover purpose, who you are, what you were created to do, I look at things like drugs, alcohol, pornography, things like that is roadblocks. So what they are yeah. is they are God or sorry, they're the devil's weapons designed to get me off track of what God really called me to do. So what, what was, uh, and that's, that's funny because this, the big, one of the big words, uh, spoken to me early on that, that I feel like helped get me sober this time was that the last counselor I had was like, Jed, you, I absolutely like, you need to find a purpose. He was like, cause without, and it's true. Cause with it, like, I'm a big, if I do not see a point or a purpose, then like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Um, so what did you find? You know, that's. I mean, of course, though, that's the question for everybody. So, like, what what is your per- what what did you find was your purpose? So, after dude, I've spent years of like going to seminars and doing stuff and books, and I mean, I've done dug deep into this stuff. And really, what it comes down to is for me <clears throat> individually is is what I believe is whatever you do that you like, if you find it in the natural is what you're called to do in the supernatural. Okay. So for instance, I remodel homes. I enjoy it. I take people's old crap and I make it look new and nice. Okay. Okay. So, but what I love to do is work with men to take their old crap and help them discover who they are and not just who they are, but walk them into purpose. So essentially I remodel home, like think of it like Paul. So Paul ministered by day, made, or sorry, made tents by day, ministered by night. I think of myself as I remodel people's lives. I remodel their homes by day and I remodel men's lives by night. But so that's, for me, that was my purpose is to help people. Like I've literally lived, I feel like a hundred lives, like all the crap I've been through. I've been sexually abused. I've been an addict. I've, I've had all these hurts, these pains. I've, I've been financially broke. I've had a lot. I've had a little, like I've had all these issues. And because of that, it's allowed me to empathize more with, with people as far as going through crap. And because of that, it allows me to walk people through what I would call, um, the religiosity and the churchiness of people that like think now and I've been there too. Like I, I remember first getting saved and being like, Oh my gosh, I would never do that. I would, I would never say those words. I would never do those things. And it's just so freaking stupid, but, um, yeah. look back, it's immaturity, but it, it's the process, man. It just is what it is. And, uh, but I'm able to look at people now through God's lens and not my personal lens. And I can see people for who they are. And, um, anyways, I'm just blabbing on, but no, that's good. Um, yeah. so 
And you've also being a father is in that purpose. That's something I always, anybody that's got kids lately, I've, I've just been polling everyone because oh I used God. to never think I wanted kids and like, I would never have kids. And now, you know, of course the, the great irony is like, okay, well I think I want kids, but I am so terrified. Yeah. So, um, we got married at 20. I had my first kid at 21, uh, second kid. Good at grief. So we had three kids by the time we were 25. Uh, I currently have one that's about to grow. I have a, I have a 17, a 15 and a 13 year old. Um, all my friends were finishing school and starting careers. I was raising three little kids. How was that? (laughs) Um, Well, the thing is, is it's amazing and it's hard at the same time. So like we were broke, we had nothing, but yet at the same time we had everything we needed. God supplied but but what that did was is it gave me an understanding like I have this unconditional love for my kids that I can't that I couldn't fully understand how much God loved me until I had them. That's yep. That's the uh, survey says number one answer. I keep I keep hearing and that it's almost like you can see the design of family to teach us these lessons. Um, oh yeah. Well, and that's when you say you were broke too, that that's, I would say that's, I'm so neurotic. My biggest worry for the past year has been that I can't afford the kid that I don't even have. So like, I will literally get like stressed out because I'm like, okay, we're good right now. But like, if I had a kid, we would not be good. So like, that's always. It's true. I mean, here's the trade off. So for us, I wish. I would have had some money. I mean, I remember when my house, I had a, our first house had a tree in it, like growing through the house. I mean, my rent $250 a month. If that tells you how bad my first house was. Um, but yeah, we were broke, but the thing was, is God always supplied and I don't know. I just, the trade-off was we were young and we were broke. Now we're older. I make money. Things are good. Um, and like, I'll get to experience more life as my kids get older. I mean, I don't know. It's a hard trade off, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like I wouldn't, yeah. go, I wouldn't go back and trade it. Do you fear your kids following your, like what's, that's also coming from, you know, me and my wife being both, um, addicts and alcoholics. That's also where the other fear comes <laughs> from is because God bless my parents for how, how much, they were able to handle through uh with god's help that's my also second biggest fear is like what if they turn out you know in all of these i'm of course like they're hypotheticals but just for conversation's sake and i'm sure it's it's come up in your mind yeah so but the thing was okay so with my kids we've always been honest about our upbringing Um, my wife has several siblings that are still currently addicts um, and I'm, I'm a huge, huge believer in breaking off generational curses. So, mm. um, and I, I mean, it's biblical, the Bible talks about it. Um, and I went through, I went through deliverance. So you do believe that's a thing? Oh dude, not, not just believe it, man. I'm telling you, I've lived it. I've seen, like, I've literally, I have felt those spirits literally break off of me and my family. And I've seen it change to the point. My kids have never had that struggle. Um, like we're open about stuff like my kid, I don't drink. I I've literally had, um, a, I bet you on, 
maybe a handful of drinks. I've never, I haven't even finished a beer in 20 years and not because of legalism, but because my family, they're alcoholics. Right. Yeah. But my kids, like their friends, they'll have like a sip of stuff or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, that's fine. I don't, I'm not saying you can, and I'm not saying you can't, but here's, I just want you to think like God gave it to us. Christianity is not about eating or drinking. I think Paul talks about that. Right. Right. But the thing is, is everything has a consequence, just like sex. If you have too much sex, it could be an issue. If I have um, too much <clears throat> alcohol, it's an issue. And But with my kids, they've never struggled with that, man. I've just – I have amazing – I've been blessed with amazing kids, honestly. But it's because we've been open about stuff, we've been honest, and they can see the plus and minuses like, hey, if I take this too far, I'm going to be like so-and-so in our family. Yeah, that's good. They can see the consequences. I'm like, this is what happens when you don't deal with your internal issues. You internalize them. You don't deal with them. You try to cover them up with drugs or alcohol. This is what's going to happen. So what, what, so what What would you say you did to break the generational curse? Man, like, was it like a process of things? Um, Man, that's funny. I've never been asked that. So <laughs> I literally would just sit down and say I would spend time with the Holy Spirit. I like to journal. I'm not a big writer, but I love to journal. That's my time with the God. And I would just ask like a question say like, okay, what is in my life that I need to break off? And for us, it was a, it was the spirit of his addiction, um, was was one of them. And I just I would renounce it. I just say in the name of Jesus, I just break off this spirit addiction right now. And if I got to say it a hundred times, um, then I said it a hundred times. I mean, there's a lot of things. Um, a spirit of lust was is huge in my family. I had to break that off. That was a struggle that I went through that was on both of my parents. And, and, and they had, um, on their, that came on both sides of our family. Um, and those are just things that I would just, just, I renounced those, the, in, I think it was in Deuteronomy. It talks about the, the sins of the father going for several generations. That's what I was going to ask. Is that like talking about the same thing? Yeah. And those are those, those are those generational curses and we all have them. I mean, none of us are exempt and it's not, here's the crappy part, you know, it's like if somebody runs into your car, Jay, is you're driving down the road. Is it your fault? No, they just freaking hit you. You can't fix it, but you can fix your car. Okay. And I can't change the fact that my parents or their grandparents or whoever, they had issues. I can't change that, but I can fix my car. Right. I, rec I recognize the dent. It's there. Did I want it? Heck no, I don't want it, but I got it. But I, but I, this is the thing. I have the choice to deal with it or not. I don't have to, but I'm sure in the heck going to because I refuse to let um, that same generational curse get on my kids. Like for me, it was like my family, like everything stops here at my line. Like I felt like the, um, my wife and I say that Abraham and Sarah, like we are the new stopping point. Everything that happened before us, that's fine. Like no condemnation to each his own. But from this point of my family, the Fuller family moving forward, as, as Joshua said, for me and my house, uh, we're going to serve God. And whatever that looks like, like I'm going to give my kids every advantage they can. If that means breaking off every generational thing I can think of, we're going to break it off and we're going to move forward. Now, is it perfect? Gosh, heck no, it ain't perfect, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say, but... I strive for that and I'm going to work towards it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. So what, 
so what would you say is like the message you're trying to get out there if you had to boil it down? Um, like if like you, I would say you feel like you have something that you need to give, but like oh, yeah. otherwise you wouldn't have started a podcast. Yeah. So I, I wrote a book, um, took me a year. It came out like several months ago. We haven't really done much promotion. It was called DIY remodel your life. And what it's about is I was sitting out with a friend of mine one day and I said, man, God has done so much radical stuff in my life. I can't, how do I explain it? And I was just talking it through to him. He's written 22 books and, and we're talking and just through us having the conversation. And I said, all I know is remodeling and the process of building. And it just clicked to me. So I started writing like my book. The first chapter was about demo. God demos our life and brings us down to the foundation. Sometimes he's got to rebuild the foundation. And then you get into like the electrical and the wiring and the plumbing and how God has to rewire our thoughts. Why do you think he specifically said meditate on the word? Because we have so much crap thrown at us through TV, radio, Mm -hmm. all day long. That the reason we need the word is because we need something positive and encouraging what God's saying. Like if... If somebody's having a bad day and and I accidentally bump into them, they're going to be like, you freaking idiot, right? Because they're frustrated. Well, the thing is, I get to choose, am I going to believe that and receive that word? Or am I going to believe what God says about me, that I'm a new creation, that I'm amazing, that I'm wonderfully and perfectly made? Um, Like, I I have self-acclimation. Sometimes I got to tell myself, dude, John, you're phenomenal. You're awesome. Um, and it sounds stupid. I know it sounds stupid because I think it was the dumbest crap ever, but I've been doing it for several years now. And like, it's radically changed my business, my marriage. Um, like I used to always say in business, like I could build any company. It didn't matter what you gave me. Like it could be a podcast, construction company, water business, didn't matter. I could build it like, like that so fast. But I would always hit this point that I always felt like was a roadblock. I could never get past. And I always thought it was God. I realized it was my internal struggle with me not knowing who I was and not being real with myself. So what has happened is I would always build it up, but I could never get past a certain point because my belief system was screwed up. And when I started believing on who God said I was and who what he said I could do, I started living that out. And my my beliefs changed my thoughts, which changed my actions, which gave me new results. That's good. See, I feel like my, I, I guess my uh, hesitation and like self-acclimation is like maybe I have, I'm, um, the scale is skewed in the other direction because I I worry about ego taking over and thinking that I have anything to do with my own success, if that makes sense. And you know what I mean? Like, is it does like, where do you keep your ego in check with that? So, okay. So I used to really struggle. I used to be really arrogant and prideful and I feel like God, I I've had so many negatives than positives that it's really humbled me, mm-hmm. um, which has been good. But on the flip side of that, like I recognize, um, 
okay, so let's just take any gift. I, I can't think of anything right now. It's like sometimes I'm good at speaking. I'm, I'm good at project managing, things like that. Okay, so. Go with speaking. Okay, so when I speak and somebody comes up to me and says, man, uh, say at church or whatever, and they say, man, you did a really good job. That was phenomenal. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah, I did a great job. And I'm not going to feel like I'm not built up in front. Does it make me feel good? Yeah, it does. But at the same time, that is the gift that God gave me. So where I can come back to is, is um, that's God's gift to me. And it's my choice to do whatever I want. Like I can be great at it or I can suck at it. Right. Right. But what keeps me humble is it's the gift that God gave me. So essentially it's his gift I just get the choice to make really uh, make that gift really useful, make it really good, and I and do, get to people. Yeah, and do you, and I I I asked this to someone because so do you, do you think that's like part of the design that's built in that like of course we feel good because it it we get to co- it's like a cooperative effort and like that's part of the payoff of using yeah. the gift is the the built-in reward that like you get to feel good about it yeah maybe that's... maybe no we should feel good about it because okay so if i'm at church or wherever so let's say i'm speaking in an event and i say something that changes somebody's life like it really is impactful they needed to hear that right mhm and they come up to me and they're like man john i just do that was amazing i needed to hear that yeah, it feels good, but at the same time, it's like God has used me and the gift he gave me to radically impact somebody's life. Now, you know, the scripture says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit in Proverbs. That same gift I can turn around and just as easily destroy somebody by saying they're a piece mm-hmm. of crap or whatever, right? So it's my choice to use my gift the right way. And I believe when we used the gifts that God's given us, the way he designed them. We feel good about ourselves. We're closer to him because we're walking in unison of what he's called us to be. And at the same time, we're impacting people around us is what it's a family. It's like a family thing, man. It's like God gave us so I can give out to others. That's very cool, man. Um, well, man, this has been good. Uh, so let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. Like what, what inside of you, I'm just curious, like, what do you love? Like, what are you passionate about? Or what do you feel like you're good at? Really? Well, it's really what I, what I think, what I'm the career I just got in. Like it's, uh, I'm very good at taking on other people's problems and seeing things from angles that they can't quite see them at. Um, giving advice to, I feel like I have a gift for. Not necessarily following my own, but I can sure uh, give good advice. Yeah. So, uh, people, I guess, in the short term, I would say people and relationships. So when you when you do that, obviously you feel really good. Like when you're having that conversation with them, steering them in the right direction. Yeah. See. As you like, I think of it like this. So as you read, I love Proverbs. As you read, like, say, Proverbs, and you're able to instill God's word in people, like you're a, a, the word that just came to my mind is like a path setter. So as you're able to set a path 
before people like a fork in the road they can go left or right and you know that as well as i do they can go left mm. and, and dive into drugs or go right into the path that god had for them when you steer people in that basically essentially what you're doing is you, like you're god's voice in people's lives right now that just can't hear them you're the you're the clear ear that they need right now that because they just have that blockage in their life because they're not tuned in See, that automatically makes me like, oh, shucks, man. Like, come on. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's that automatic feeling of like, it's so hard to take to receive stuff like okay. that. Let me ask you, when I said that right now, when I spoke that over you, how did you feel on the inside? That it did, was that it was right? Yeah, it resonated, right? It resonated. Okay. Do you know why? Because Not, I spoke. Because I spoke to who you are, how God made you. I prayed mm. about this before I even talked to you. So I'm just telling you this. When I'm speaking to who you are, like how God designed you, it feels right. That's how you know it's right. Uh. <laughs> so, I like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So then yeah. you take it one step further. When you decide to own it, the very people that you're supposed to be in your life, you don't have to, and the same works in business. So when you step into you and you decide to be you, the people that need you automatically come because the vibe or the, the essence that you put off, people recognize you for who you really are. They're automatically drawn to you because you're walking in who you're supposed to be. I get that. That's good. But it won't happen until you own it. I can tell you that. You can feel it on the inside. You can know it. But until you own it, which is totally different, when you decide to own it, then all of a sudden people are like, I need to talk to this guy. Like, he's got the answers. Like, he hears from God. He's got answers to help me. I need to talk to him. I want to pay this guy money for counseling because he's got the answers to my questions hmm. cool man i like uh, it cool well tell uh before we get off tell everyone where they can find your podcast and book yeah um so if you go to are you real.org a-r-e-y-o-u real.org um you can check out on the front page i'm giving away the first chapter of my book for free which is literally how to find your purpose in life. It, it's a total walkthrough book, so it helps you find and discover your purpose. That's free. Go on our website. And then, um, honestly, it's been really cool. If you go into iTunes, uh, we're usually typically in the top three, top five, whatever, in iTunes, Are You Real? It's under religion and whatever. Um, so you can find us there. Just type in Are You Real and uh, anything else. We're on Spotify. Um, so, yeah, just check us out if you got questions want help and then hey i'm going to tell you this so if you're interested i'm going to send you if you'll send me a skype message i'll give you one of my books for free and then if uh, any of your listeners the first five people who email me and say hey i heard you on the podcast and i want a book i will literally for christmas i'll send you a free book oh right on so yeah do that at uh church and other drugs at gmail.com cool so send it there, send it over to me, and I will send you guys uh, first five people. And you'd be surprised. So 
I give away books all the time because like I'll do like a best selling uh, best selling author or whatever, and I'll tell people I'm like, hey, the first three people, and I kid you not, like days will go by and people won't even email, and then somebody will be like, well, I know it's been a week, um, but I'm just wondering if there's any book left, and I'm laughing thinking you're the first one because everybody assumes that right. somebody else did it and they don't, so that's yeah. A- <laughs> well, thanks, man. Yeah. Jay, you did a great job, man. Love it. Loved it. Um, no, seriously, that was that dude was cool. Uh, it's refreshing to, and this kind of brings back to what we were talking about. It's like, how do I say this? How do you? I don't know. It's refreshing to find dudes that are just like sold out to what they believe. Like, like I don't really care if uh, what the fuck anybody thinks right right and like and there is like an acknowledgement of like yeah sure dude i might sound it's like like chad johnson like i might sound ridiculous but like whatever man this is like what i'm going but i real don't care or if i do like the benefits of me doing this so far Far outweigh outweigh. me being a little uncomfortable that it doesn't matter yeah so listen to this this is like so i went back to church sunday after i've been not that i yeah it'd been a couple weeks, um, mm-hmm. not really on purpose. Like I'd gone out of town for Christmas and all that. It had just been a second, not really on any kind of purpose. But mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, I need to go back to church." And uh, I shite you not, my friend, the sir, because this is my Jed's problem is that like I just overthink everything, dude. And the free, it was in one of those times the sermon. You? Yeah, dude. As, as y'all all know, the sermon was literally about uh, this guy who's awesome, this this guest speaker at our church, because our pastor had the stroke, so he's still not not preaching. But um, it's this dude, he's like, man, I just need to know, like, I'm the type of guy, I need to know, like, the the history of the Hebrews, and I need to know the all this and that. And he's like, and I really feel like God this year has been telling me, you need to move your faith from your head to your heart. And I was like, huh! Oh, like, did you? Oh, boy. Yeah. Did you cry? No, but I immediately I said, okay, God, I see you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. I see you up there, I boy. See. Boy, I, I see, see you. you. And uh, I wrote I it down you. on my phone to talk about it. it. I mean, that's, that's pretty. Awesome. It was. I was like, damn, dude. Like, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was that's cool. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, 
I have been trying to listen to that quiet, still voice in my gut, right? We call it the Holy Spirit or the intuitive thought or whatever. And the other day I was going back home from the gym and I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm about to do this. But I feel like it's what I'm supposed to do. I put on like old cheesy as fuck early 2000s worship music. Like what? In my car. Like you remember Hillsong United. Oh man! Wow. And I bought like I cried like a little girl what, for what, fifteen minutes on the way home. How good did it feel, dude? So good. What what song made you cry? Can you remember? What started the waterworks? Oh, was man. it Oceans? <laughs> Where feet may Oceans fail? came on. That's Oceans good, came dude. on. That'll get you. It's good, dude. It'll get you. I, I don't think that was. It. I don't think that was waves. it. <laughs> it might have been it. Uh, Here's the thing: is like, every time I've heard that song, I'm like, "Oh my god, it's so applicable to my life right now." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like either, yeah, it's one of those things, you know. It it's applicable to any period it of your life like, ever. And it, but but so here's the thing: is like we shit on it all, we, and it is it's corny. It is, but it's like I need. I felt like I needed that in that moment. Yeah. So anyway. So fuck it's y'all. true. I don't yeah, care. yeah, man. Because that's what I was telling you. And I've taken a, you know, I've switched jobs, so I I can't listen to as many podcasts, which is kind of a bummer. But now I have to like, I'm like, I'm like the rest of you, you know, you people. <laughs> so I have to pick which ones I listen to. What do you, what do you mean? You, what do you mean, you people? Uh, <laughs> back when I was a saucier down in San Antonio. <laughs> do you think that's what we sound like? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. Copyright 2013. Um, that from 2013. I don't anyway, know. I had, to, I had to do that on the on the fly. That'd be. I'm gonna look it up and see if I was right because that'd be badass. I don't think it was earlier than that, but keep going, please. Um, oh, wow, that was such a long uh, rabbit trail. What the <laughs> fuck was I talking about? <laughs> Shit. Oh yeah, you people. I have to pick which podcast Podcasts, I listen right. to. Um, 2008. Damn, that was early. So I've been listening to much less of the ones that just bitch and moan and just like bitch and moan, I guess. And Don't listen uh, to our podcast is what you're saying? Yeah. I hope I yeah, the, well in the past that one episode I was really mad. I know. I was really the one mad. where you guys the whole episode, but then you guys called passages, uh, passages. and that lady hung up down. on me, dude. <laughs> there. And I, I was pissed. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There is some, yeah, I don't know. I guess I was joking, but if you, you know, <laughs> no, I don't know, man. So it's, you know, positive thinking and all that bullshit. But then, oh, so, so your point is you've been listening to positive podcasts and, and how does that make you feel on the inside? Good. What Ish. face would you point to on the feeling chart? Uh, that one that kind of looks like it has to poop. <laughs> We and call that const- we've come full circle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's good though. But then, then the, uh, overthinking, uh, nursing student syndrome in me will just think that I'm manic depressant and I'm in a manic phase. So welcome to the world I live in, dude. You mean hypochondriac? Is that what you mean? No. Also nursing student syndrome is basically like Google syndrome where like everything you look at, you have. 
Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, it's so, it's very, very similar to hypochondriacs, but gotcha. Um, but yeah, because I just got out of my. I do, you know. Kay, Kaylee calls it my my myriad, my my man period, which it happens like every <laughs> month. Um, I just get in a down period for like four days, and then like something random will pull me out of it. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. But other than that, like I don't really fit any other symptoms for manic, so Right. I don't know, man. Whatever. You should probably like eat more uh citrus. You should probably have like have more citrus in your diet. I you should probably Or like just eat organic and you'll probably be fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> No <laughs> No, I was trying to make a joke. Oh, well <laughs> Um um, the other thing, well, I'm not going to get into that. That's depressing. We're, we're on a good string. I've got a depressing thing to talk about that happened over Let's the holidays. Let's talk about, uh, today I learned. Yes. Today I learned a we thing just or totally, two. totally huh? rip off other songs for it. Like, okay, today I learned time today I learned. What song? Oh, changes. That was, that's a stretch, dude. <laughs> today, that doesn't work at all. Yeah, today I learned. Today I learned. Yeah, <laughs> that's better. Okay. Um, this one is really—it's a biology one, and it's just—it's just funny. Uh, today I learned drone bees. Have you ever wondered about the sex life of bees? Mm, no. It's never crossed your mind. No, it has not. Okay. Today I learned drone bees ejaculate with such explosive force it can be heard by human ears, describing it as a popping noise. It is so powerful, it ruptures the bee's penis, resulting in its death. I'll elaborate. <laughs> so, so, apparently male bees have a inverted penis that's inside their body that's just like they don't use it for nothing until it's mating time and each drone has like five seconds with the queen bee so they mm-hmm. gotta make it count so they fly on the queen bee that's so funny cause that's like all I need yeah then the penis everts inside of her so it turns inside out Okay, I got it uh and then it's like a red rocket. No, it's it's it it's like it'd be like if a red rocket was pushed inside of you, like it flips inside out. It's weird. Oh, like, weird. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, and then they <laughs> they ejaculate so hard that it breaks off inside, <laughs> which oh which Lord. serves a dual purpose of uh, not letting its semen run out. Of the queen bee because it forms uh, a plug. Okay. Yeah. And it kills the and it kills the bee. Yeah, and then the bee goes and dies. <laughs> That's Weird. crazy. But, but it can be heard by the human ear, dude. That's crazy. That is some strong biology. That's like what was was that like the original. Uh, what were those Wayne's Brothers movies where they made fun of Scream and stuff? Scary oh, movie. Man, get out Dude, of my head. I was thinking about that earlier. Movie. The original huh. scary movie? Yeah, I was thinking about Officer Doofy. Uh. I remember. 
No. Yeah. Anyway, what we digress. You? We've all right. We've had we've yeah inappropriate, right. dude. Yeah, y'all check out the bonus episode. We've got some very good inappropriate jokes that we're about I'm to get like, to. I'm like, my mind is in the gutter. I know. I don't know what it is, man. I don't either. Um. Okay. Send us an email at churchandotherdrugs.com. Uh, if you want a t-shirt, holler at us on Facebook or send us an email. We're going to figure out how to best distribute that. It'll probably just be PayPal. Send me your address. Um, holler at your boy. Holler at your boy. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, did I tell you that I wanted to make a credit card company called The Game so you could charge it to The Game? I think that's a million dollar idea. I really do. <laughs> that's a good idea. Well, Russell Simmons did it and made f- f- millions and millions of dollars. So. Yeah, it wasn't even called the game either. No, I know. I feel like he missed a big opportunity. Yeah, and then we found out that Russell Simmons raped people. Yeah, he was one of the sexual things. Russell Simmons? Yep. Shut your dirty mouth no, hole. I ain't lying. Google that shit. I'm not going to wait. I for really that. hope you're wrong. I'm right. What did you find? Damn, dude. Everyone, bro. He, he like, left all of his companies, too. He, yeah. like, stepped down from everything. Yeah, dude. From all of his companies. They had to say from his companies, plural, because that's how baller-ass Russell Simmons is. Yeah. Built Dang, on I know, bro. man. Uh, the house of cards is falling down. No pun intended. In 1991... It was like him and someone else like did it like in tandem or something. It was a very odd story. Man, anyway. that really bugs me out because I really like Russell Simmons. I know. I feel like I just I, I kind of regret doing that. Like I, I kind of should have just let you die in blissful ignorance. He, like stole one of my heroes. I, from he, me. It, ladies and gentlemen, he looks crushed, dude. He, <laughs> he came into this so happy, and I just I just ruined it. Well, I didn't do anything. Uh. Russell Simmons ruined it. <laughs> Let's be real here, all right? Fair. Fair. Fair.